2: Let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no back checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lots of feel good sounds. Oh, Betty in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. B-b-b- Betty and the chats. She's weird and wonderful. Oh Betty, she's a podcast queen. She's wearing high-heel shoes. Got her wings on too. You know I never seen a better stew. Oh.
0: Hello and welcome to. Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots and from traveling around the world. In this episode we have stories about uh, three thieves along with some nakedness on the airplane, some buns and boobs and hooks. (laughs) Let's just get on with the show. I was talking to a new pilot the other day, and he was saying how irritated um, they get with us flight attendants because on most of the planes, there's only a few planes that we have. The, uh, we can control the temperature. Most of the time, we have to call the pilots, and there's so many of us, and different ones of us are calling it, saying it's hot, saying it's cold. And you have flight attendants who are going through menopause who are always hot, so they want to cool it off. The passengers are always cold. So, you know, they get a lot of phone calls, and uh, I guess it's, you know, a little irritating. Anyway, he was saying that a uh, senior pilot had told him that he had bought this fake thermostat, or just bought a thermostat, but it's not attached to anything, and he had put like sticky tape on it. So whenever he got on the plane, he'd stick up this thermostat and say to the flight attendants, "Oh, we got this new thing. You can, uh, you can control the temperature uh, yourself with that over there." And all the flight attendants like, "Oh, great!" And then <laughs> then he wouldn't get any calls. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, I was taking a
1: break, and we used to be able to take breaks in first class on the DC-10. It was very nice. They had nice, lay flat seats. I was on second break, and I guess somebody forgot to wake me up, or I I didn't get woken up. And so anyway, I shot out of the seat, and there was a tray of hot towels ready to get passed out. And I go to pass out the first hot towel. Well, the first two little Japanese ladies that look at me they're giving me the funniest look well when I look down my pants are open and you can see my underwear because I ran to get the we're hot towel hurry. I was in a hurry so I forgot to get myself dressed so I was half naked I was as I was passing out my first hot towels <laughs> and these Japanese ladies were looking at me like I was crazy so I got out of there as quickly as possible and went and got dressed and you know finished the job so
3: uh, one of my girlfriends was passing out magazines back in the day I when we that? used to do that. And uh, she came to this lady and the lady said, I want a Vogue you. And, and she goes, Vogue you? She, she says, I don't think I have that magazine. So she goes back and she gets to the coat closet and she bowls over laughing and she goes, Vogue Vogue. Yeah.
0: Vogue Vogue you, of course. I was boarding a flight to Europe, and this woman uh, stopped me. She was kind of irritated, and she's holding the in-flight magazine out to me, and she's saying something about legroom, and I need more legroom. And since she was holding the in-flight magazine, I was thinking, oh, maybe maybe she was reading in there about, you know, we have... Um, we have economy seats in, that are have more legroom. You know, it's like an upgraded economy. And I thought maybe she was talking about that. And I was like, "Oh, are you are you looking to get upgraded?" And she's like, "No, I want you to take this magazine so I can have more legroom." And it was like, "Okay, <laughs> like I've never. Heard, I mean, like." <laughs> The mag- She was basically saying that the leg, she wanted the magazine gone so she could have more legroom. And I was, hold- at the time, I was holding uh, a basket full of, you know, headsets and eye shades I was handing out. So I didn't have, uh, I didn't have any hands to take the offensive in-flight magazine. So I said, um, there was nobody sitting in the middle seat. I said, uh, why don't you just put it in that seat pocket? And she goes, well, then it'll take their legroom. And I was like, whoo, she's really... Hates this very small in-flight magazine.
3: Uh, we're boarding, yeah. And all of a sudden, I see this cat. Oh,
1: running on a seven six, the aisle, down the aisle, meow. I'm <laughs> coming <the way> down. <laughs> oh my god, did I see you right? Two seconds later, oh, ladies, bare feet,
0: bare feet. Oh, bare feet. Yes. Did you see my cat? Yeah. <laughs> That way. (laughs) at least you didn't have to catch it.
1: I didn't have to catch it. The cat went into the trash chute of the 767. Oh,
0: and And the big one. And the big one. (laughs) This next story is slightly different, so I thought I'd give it a little introduction. Uh, I get to go to Paris every so often on layovers, and we switched hotels. And our hotel now is uh, pretty close to the uh, catacombs under the city of Paris. And the catacombs is something I've always meant to do. And since I was pretty close to it, I thought, okay, what the heck? Stood in line in the rain, met some nice people in line, and then I recorded this little segment in the catacombs. I am walking through the catacombs underneath the city of Paris, France. It's interesting, a decree of the King's State Council on the 9th of November, 1785, ordered the transfer of all bones from the Cemetery of the Innocents, which had been closed down to health risks, and the bones were duly moved into the tunnels of the ancient and now abandoned underground quarries. So there's six million people's bones in the catacombs. That's the same amount of people in all of Los Angeles. All of their bones are in the catacombs. Makes you feel rather insignificant when you see millions of people's bones basically just built into the walls. Millions of people's bones. It's weird. You can almost get a little cavalier after seeing the first few thousand people's bones you see more bones and more bones you would think that you'd be able to feel some sort of energy in here you know like uh, having this many people's remains in one place there is something almost lovely about it considering they're all together so this old lady asks for assistance to use the restroom, so Denise takes her to the restroom and the old lady says, well, I need you to help me, like, can you
3: pull down my pants? And Denise says, well, sure, so Denise is pulling down her pants, looking away the whole time. So the lady does her business,
0: she's, you know, trying to stand up and she says, now i need you to help me pull up my pants and tuck my shirt in and so denise says okay so she's looking the other way trying to like pull up her underwear and her pants and she's tucking in her shirt and everything and then the lady's kind of
3: hunched over and denise says okay are you ready she goes well i think so and denise says well can you stand up and walk and she says well no honey because you've tucked my boobs into my pants (laughs) this is on my
4: husband's flight my husband's a flight attendant. He was on a layover yeah. in Rome. So he's on this layover, and him and two or three other crew members are on their way over to St. Peter's to um, mm-hmm. hear the Pope for the, the audience. The Pope yeah, like, will, yeah, uh, yeah, they bought their tickets at the Spanish Steps because my husband has flown the Rome trip a lot. Right. And he's like, you know what? Be careful of the gypsies because yeah. the gypsies, it, with all these people, because there were. Yeah. My husband noticed there was just a lot of people this particular day. I
0: they try to scam you, or there's. Yeah, yeah. Kids. So
4: he's like, yeah. you know, just be very aware. Yeah. And the two other, the two other girls were like, oh, we've been flying forever. We know what we're doing, and you know. And the one girl had um, her wraparound purse underneath right. her coat. It was in the winter time because yeah. they had coats. They buy their their tickets and they get on. It's really crowded and as they're they're getting on, they're talking about the gypsies and how, you know, yeah. they need to be careful and they're all thinking they're good and everything. So they hop on. There's this commotion that takes place. Right. It's extremely packed. It's really really packed. In, fa- in fact, they may have waited to, to right. the second one because it was like crazy right. tons and tons of people so that's why they were talking so much about being careful yeah, of the gypsies like you really because they were tight, like this yes. is when this happened yeah. the next one comes and they're like you know what we're gonna miss it we got to get on it's packed but we're just gonna push our way in so as they're getting on there's three girls yeah they were younger girls and the one one girl acts like she's not able to get on and the doors are closing and so everybody's like right, trying totally to trying to help yeah. close the do- you know open the doors back up yeah. so it's like she- they totally created this, this distraction. distraction and this commotion. One girl gets left behind and the other two girls are on there and and so they're kind of talking about oh that's too bad you know and the whole scene that they've just witnessed and so they get off at the stop. they're all like, Wow, you know, that's, that, that was kind of too bad. And, okay, everybody's good, right? Just... The one gal is checking, and yeah. she's like, oh, my gosh, my purse is gone. And she's the one that had yeah. the wrap really around, under her coat, like under yeah, her coat okay? And they're, like, all looking at each other, and they're, like, going, no way. So my husband yeah. is like, you know what? It was those girls. It, like, all clicked yeah. for him. He sees the other two girls that had gotten off. Does he go after them? He went after them. He chased them. He chased them. They ended up running. I don't know where all it was, but they ended up going to some bathroom, which was like where they had everything that they had stolen was in this bathroom hidden. Okay, so my husband, he's like chasing them for a while. And he, he goes to this different part of the subway into this bathroom. Well, there's this barricade, and there's this police officer. (laughs) The girls had gone into the bathroom, so he's telling the police officer, Those girls stole my friend's purse, and I want want you to go in there and grab them. They were in the bathroom. So, and he speaks a little bit of Italian. Anyway... My husband's like, no, I want to press charges, because the guy was like, no, they don't have, you know, he kind of like pats them, he kind of pats them down, and and they're like, no, we don't have anything. But my husband totally found where the stash was, and there were all these wallets, chased them, yes. Found all these wallets, totally found his flying partner's purse that they had just dumped, and then he's like, he goes over to the cop, and he's like, I want these girls, we're taking him to the station. We're filing a report now.
0: Well, he's a better cop than the cop, your husband.
4: <laughs> so he ends up going to the police station with these two girls. He's got it all, like, yeah. he, he he has it on his cell phone. And yeah. he's, like, taking pictures. He's got a video. And these girls are just, like, laughing and hooting and hollering. They're just like, oh, Somehow he ends up hooking back up with say, the yeah. other flight attendants. They are like in disbelief. They cannot believe. Ran
0: it down.
4: Ran it down. He, it down. Oh he caught God. the girls. Go. Got okay. So then he's on the airplane, coming home. He starts talking to these people, and they're like really. They were telling him about how.
0: Oh, they were they robbed too? They were robbed by
4: these girls. And, and my husband was like, "Was it at the Spanish Steps at the the Metro?" And they're like, "Yes." And he says, can you tell me what yeah. it looked like? He could identify the wallet that this gentleman oh. had. He's like, I totally, and it, he they had taken the whole stash to the police station. But how bizarre is that? Yeah. On his flight home, one of the gentlemen, like, oh, I totally recovered your wallet for you.
0: <laughs> he was the detective on the case. Is that <laughs> not bizarre? Amazing. So that nice flight attendant was telling me a story about her hero husband. <laughs> Tracking down thieves in Rome. And uh, what she told me later, which I didn't record, is that uh, one of the things she forgot is that they figured out how, uh, you know, that girl had her wallet around her body and under her coat. But apparently, the girl's father or some someone they were working with was at the place where they were buying their tickets and he would call on his cell phone to those girls and tell them, you know, the blonde lady with the coat has her wallet under her coat. So he would tell them where their wallets were located. So that's actually rather clever. And uh, I was also thinking, and I told her this story afterwards, I don't know if you guys remember this story. It was probably from eight nine years ago but there was a pilot who was about to retire he was an older you know an older pilot and everybody ages differently but anyway he was uh, about to retire on a layover in New York City and he was on the subway and uh, this scary looking homeless guy bumped into him you know creating a distraction like we just heard before and uh, after that happened he thought oh so he, he patted himself and sure enough his wallet was gone and he's thinking oh crap that guy just stole my wallet so just like that flight attendant he goes running after him and the homeless guy sees this guy running after him and he starts running and the pilot's older but he finally he catches up with them in the subway and he's on the ground and he reaches in and he, he grabs his wallet and he, you know he's all upset and he runs back to the hotel and he gets up to his room and it, you know after the elevator and gets in there and he's thinking oh my gosh I can't believe that guy you know stole my wallet and I was able to track him down and I got my wallet back and then he sees on on his dresser, his wallet. He had stolen the homeless guy's wallet. He had mugged the wallet. <laughs> he had mugged the homeless guy. <laughs> so being the, you know, nice, responsible pilot, he went to the police station. He was like, uh, I don't think you're going to believe this, but I uh, I mistakenly uh, mugged a guy. <laughs> I thought he had taken my wallet. And they're like, no, we believe it because he's right over here. So he was able to give the wallet back. And then I was thinking about this thievery and uh, lots of times it is in places where you don't expect it. Uh, people, I go to, you know, developing countries and stuff, and everybody's like, oh, you need to be careful. But lots of times, you know, the pick, pickpockets are in Europe where people feel, you know, pretty safe, and, uh, and other places where you feel safe. And I was on a layover in Maui. I miss those layovers. Anyway, I was in Maui, and I'm always concerned about when I'm at the beach, leaving my things on the beach, probably a little paranoid, but I travel alone. And my worst fear is not them taking what I have at the beach, but them taking my key, going up to the hotel and taking everything out out of my hotel room. So now that is scary. So I take many precautions in that if the key has a sleeve, you know, I take that off because it says what room number the key is on. And I I don't want them to, you know, be able to get to the room number (laughs) and take it out. I also have a uh, dry pack, um you know, that I can put on my body. It's never that comfortable, but it has like a carabiner. So I put like any credit card or money I have with me or and the the hotel key. Sometimes I go to these developing places and the keys are real keys. They're not like a credit card thing and you really can't fit it in there. So there's always a whole bunch of like where to hide stuff, where to put things. If I don't have, I think on that Maui layover, I did not have my uh, dry pack with me. So one of the ways that I... (laughs) try to foil the thieves. (laughs) I do a lot of uh, trying to foil thieves. And lots of times there's no thieves. But on this particular layover, I didn't have my dry pack. So uh, I had a book and I had, you know, my bag of things that I was taking down to the beach and, you know, a towel. So I had put, uh, I had just taken like $20 with me and and the key and I put it in the book. Because in general, (laughs) and now granted, you're not supposed to, generalize or make stereotypes. I've gotten in trouble for it in the past, but I don't think anyone would mind this one. But basically, in general, thieves don't read. (laughs) They don't want your book. Can't sell it. They don't want it. They want stuff they can sell. They want cash. So I had put the the cash and the key in the book. And uh, sure enough, I was out swimming. I was out for a while. I might've been snorkeling, but uh, came back and my beach bag was gone. Everything was gone except for my towel and my book. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I I can't say that all thieves don't read or won't look in your book, but it is a pretty good place to put it if you don't have any other options. So um, while thieves don't read, they do use their cell phones, and they will tell the other thieves where your wallets are located. So be careful when you're uh, in crowded subways in Europe. Okay, so I was talking about naked people. You had a naked gal? Yeah, she took her clothes off. um, She was talking to herself in the gatehouse, so we suspected something. So then we're doing the demo, and the call light goes off. (laughs)
4: And this lady says, I think you have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) So we just went back to the gate and
3: had her taken off, wrapped her in a blanket.
0: But do you know why she was taking her clothes off?
3: something about she was having her cycle and didn't want to get the seat cushion dirty or something like
0: that. (laughs) She takes her clothes off. Mm
2: Yeah.
0: I was getting on the plane for my commuter flight in and there were both uh, new new flight attendants young girls and one had her hair pulled up in a in a pretty bun like one of those large buns that's kind of dramatic. Nice. Anyway, I get on the plane, and uh, they're like, hello, you know, because I'm in my uniform, and uh, we're greeting each other, and I'm telling them, yeah, I'm on the jump seat, and then uh, the girl with her hair up was in the aisle, and I said to the other girl, oh, she's got a nice bun, (laughs) you know, bun, and the girl looks at me, and I'm like looking at her, and I'm thinking, what? Uh, And she goes, what did you say? And I said, oh, she has a nice bun. She thought I got on the plane and said, oh, she has a nice bum. (laughs) what a strange greeting that would be
3: uh, yes this was many years ago and I was on a flight from LA to Atlanta on a 1011 and uh, the friend the fr- a friend of mine and I were working together her name was Angel and we were pulling up the a B side of the 1011 in the back and as I pulled up, I noticed a man i asked him if he wanted something to drink and he said a coke and i noticed that he had no clothes on not one stitch of clothing and i looked at him thinking am i seeing this right does he really not have clothes on however i just put the tray table down at the seat next to him and i put a coke on his tray table and i proceeded to the first class cabin where i asked the purser if that I think I was seeing this right. This man had no clothes on. So she told the crew and the engineer comes out and they both come back with me. The engineer said, do you think you see a weapon? And I said, I didn't see any weapons. And all of a sudden Dot says to him, sir, if you're having trouble with the temperature, just use this blanket and just get under the blanket, get your clothes back on and I'll have the, cabin, the captain adjust the temperature for you. And before you know it, somehow he got his clothes back on. And when I went around to take witness cards about the incident, no passenger would admit to seeing anything. And I could not believe that somebody didn't see him well, take why his do clothes off. you think
0: on. he had his clothes off?
3: We never knew. We landed in Dallas, and uh, the authorities took him off. Really? And it, yes, exactly. And I don't know if it. I really, to this day, don't know really. So many naked
0: people on the plane. What? I don't think
3: that's crazy. We just had to talk about another one.
0: If you're going to buy something on Amazon, I would love it if you would go to my website, bettyinthesky.com. If you're going to buy something this way, it doesn't cost you anymore. It supports the show. And I really do get a kick out of seeing what people buy. I don't see any names, but people really buy some interesting stuff. This past month, somebody bought a Western men's braided leather blonde horsehair tassel stampede string. Another person bought a book on the wisdom of Gabriel, channeling messages from the archangel Gabriel, and somebody bought a "Please address me as Captain" T-shirt. <laughs> Gotta love that. I
1: come through customs and immigration. I have to go to the go to the bathroom so bad. I know I'm not gonna wait till I can get to in flight. So anyway, there's a restroom, a men's room right outside. You know, customs. So I go in there and. And I'm standing there doing my business, yeah. and all of a sudden I can hear these two little Japanese ladies chattering away. But they seem like they're like really close. Uh-huh. So anyway, I'm like, I kind of look down, and all of a sudden I can. I'm thinking to myself, first of all, I'm thinking, oh my god, am I in the right bathroom? Really? But I'm like, wait a minute here. I'm standing at a urinal, of it course. I'm in be. the, of course, I'm in the right bathroom. So anyway, I finish what I'm doing, and I kind of bend over and peeked out, and all I could see are these these four little feet they're not even touching the ground. And these two little Japanese ladies are just chatting to each other from one stall to the other. They have no idea that they're in the men's room and they don't care, they're just (laughs) chatting away. And anyway, I thought that was very cute. And so anyway, I washed my hands and left.
0: I know that my podcast is very, uh, you know, silly and lighthearted, just, you know, good, clean fun. But there are some podcasts that I really enjoy that uh, delve into the deeper side, more philosophical. And every once in a while, I want to share with you a little snippet of some of my favorite podcasts. This is from the Duncan Trussell Family Hour, and his guest was Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes also has a podcast that I really enjoy called You Made It Weird with Pete Holmes. And here they tell a very interesting story. So yes. what is
5: This is what's happening yes. I used to have a philosophy That was my own That I used to say If if your girlfriend Breaks up with you And breaks your heart The one way to detach And get perspective Of the eternal Or even just to Step outside of the moment Is to say If this were If my life were a TV show Like The Sopranos Or Mad Men The show's following me My girlfriend breaks up with me And I'm devastated You can say Good episode this is a good episode. Wow. Everyone watching my life, which isn't anybody, but if they were watching my life, would go, holy shit, Sorry. someone broke up with Pete. What's he going to do? Yeah. How is he going to move towards holiness? How yeah. is he going to roll with this? Because it's all good. We love the bad episodes yes. of TV shows, and we hate it when it happens to us. Unfortunately, this is another thing Richard Dworth said. We don't get to God by doing it right. We get to God by doing it wrong. It's pain. It's like stand-up. Exactly. We know this. Why is childbirth so fucking traumatic? You know what I mean? All the good things come through loss. I came to where I am, and it's not even that traumatic, but my wife cheated on me. Then I found out who I was. It's the hero's journey. It's Skywalker's uh, uncle and aunt getting murdered, and then he has to go off and leave his home. It's Jesus leaving his home and then being killed and then rising again. It's the hero's journey over and over Oedipus, everybody, uh, Odysseus, all those stories, Homer, these things, this idea—we know it is right in front of us. But when it happens to us, we resist it.
6: But we shouldn't. We should say yes to it. That's I got a story. Your, there's a a, a beautiful sc- sculpture of a, a god, right? beautiful sculpture of a god that everyone's coming to worship and putting flowers on it and butter at its feet and this is a (laughs) representation of god and this 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 deity's got the life and next to it is this kind of broken stone uh that was part part of what was used and the the stone says to the uh uh deity like how come you get to be a deity how come you get to be a deity and all this stuff comes to you and i'm sitting here and no one gives a shit about me Mm. and the the statue said the the broken stone. Well, I don't I don't know if you remember this or not, but uh, we used to be you used to we used to be two rocks sitting next to each other, and when the sculptor came to you because you were such a perfect rock to carve and started chipping away at you, you started screaming at the top of your lungs and begged the sculptor to stop. And so he did, because he had mercy on you. And then he went on and carved me. Hmm. So, you know, that's the idea. Yeah. Exactly what you're yeah. saying, that mm-hmm. these moments of loss... Or right. this, this, this But, I mean, pain does seem to be the best way to get our attention. Neem Karoli Baba, he said, "I went, I when pain i pray for pain because mm. when pain comes it's this packet of information it's a teaching and they begin to recognize it's right. a teaching which is why it's like when your wife cheats on you when your friend betrays you when your job gets lost every single one of those moments you have been given this incredible right. diving Dude. it's a chance for acrobatics that <laughs> It's a chance to show up. Such
4: a better way
6: to put
0: Yeah. I was in Amsterdam and I had been walking around the city and I had ordered some Thai food from uh, Thai Bird. It's a restaurant I really like there. And I was sitting outside waiting for my food and I was sitting next to this uh, local guy. He had all these, he had dark hair with all these curls and green eyes, very attractive. Uh, that wasn't why... I started talking to him. I just was looking. Uh, It was a long wait. It's a very popular place. So I was was looking at all the old buildings. You know, it's in the Red Light District in Amsterdam, and there are these giant hooks uh, near the roof like protruding out over the windows. And, and I was like, I was looking up and down the street and all, all the buildings had hooks. And I was like, I was thinking, what are they for? Plants? But like, why would you want to put plants out there? So I was asking the guy with the curls and the green eyes. I'm like, Hey, what, you know, what are those hooks for? And, uh, Maybe most of I I guess I'm not around that many old buildings, but I guess it's very common and normal to have those hooks. And it's like a pulley. It's just a hook that you put this pulley on to bring your furniture up, and they used to bring grain in that way. And uh, I was thinking, gosh, I, I'd be afraid I'd be dropping. And he was like, no, they still do it to this day. That's how they get the furniture into the into the buildings. They don't have elevators, and uh, and it's like, wow. That, that's a scary way to bring your furniture in. But the thing that I really liked about that is uh, I've been to Amsterdam many, many, many times. But what I love about traveling is that you always see something new. If you're looking around, there's always something new and interesting to see and learn about. I don't know about you, but I I, I find the new so depressing. Oh, there's so much terrible stuff out there that... Uh, I sometimes don't even want to turn the news on, but uh, lots of times on layovers, uh, especially in other countries, lots of times the only thing that's in English (laughs) is CNN or uh, like the BBC New World News. So every once in a while, I hear a good story, a positive story, and I want to share it. You know, I just love to see people helping people, and this is a, a great way to do it.
6: Blind or visually
2: impaired, everyday tasks can be difficult, but there's a new app trying to help with that.
0: The Gatsheban brings us this amazing story.
2: 45-year-old Julian Vargas can find his way just about anywhere. He's been blind most of his life and enjoys being independent, but says there are moments when he and others who are visually impaired need help. When we're trying to get some in, some information or detail that's only available visually, uh, we'll joke around and say, God, if I only had a pair of eyes, I could borrow right now. <laughs> a new free app for smartphones called Be My Eyes aims to solve that problem. How can I help you today? I'm not as familiar with the aisles here, so I was thinking that maybe... Uh, You could be my eyes. The app uses a phone's camera and microphone to get the blind instantly connected to sighted volunteers like Elvira Medina.
0: If you go a little bit more uh, to your left. This one here? That
2: one, you got it. Since the app launched last month, Medina has helped blind users locate medicine, figure out expiration dates, and even shop for their favorite orange juice. That one has no pulp. Okay, that's what I want. Okay, perfect. This app is actually something
0: that is helping people, and in such a small scale, but means so much.
2: More than 115,000 volunteers have signed up to help the roughly 10,000 blind who've enrolled so far. What are these volunteers giving you? They're giving us sometimes what we need the most at that given second, a pair of eyes. (laughs) The service is available in 80 languages. Vargas says it's making an impact. You don't have to see to believe.
0: My sister and her son were visiting recently and, uh, you know, they were in my condo and they were like, uh, oh, so is that where you uh, record the podcast? Um, Because I have a nice view uh, in a desk area and they're like, "Um, so that's where you record? I'm like, no, (laughs) I record in my closet. (laughs) I mean, where else do you think I record the podcast? Uh, I decided to do that uh, after I heard about somebody else recording in their closet because it has better... uh, acoustics, you know, because there's a lot of clothes in there and things, and there's a lot of other noises in the condo. Sometimes you can get an echo. So yes, I record in my closet. So that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time from my closet so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye.